welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we are talking about Midnight at Para Palace, Para Palasta Gece Yarısı, episode one. And if it's your first time listening to us, I'm Sammy. I'm here with my co-hosts, Sophia and Ezgi, and we have talked about a ton of shows. Uh, let's see. Let me get the list. Uh, I have a list here, too. Oh, you have a list? Go for it. Ezgi. Yeah. Okay, so we started out with The Protector. By the way, these are all shows you can find on Netflix. Um, Love 101, we did both seasons. We did Innocent, which is now a Netflix production and was for a while available on Netflix. Not sure if it still is. Um, <laughs> Fatma, Atiye, or The Gift um, is how they translated that to English. The Club, As the Crow Flies, Another Self. And, and now we're here on our on the show that Sammy mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, and I am very excited because our last show was a little rough for me in terms of the fun factor. I was going to say for you. (laughs) The fun factor for me was missing, and I loved this episode. This is exactly the kind of TV I want to watch, and I really liked the main character, which we will talk about because there's some differing opinions here. Um, And and Sophia just informed us that Masum is still on Netflix, so thank you for checking, Sophia. (laughs) If you want to watch a super dark but super interesting show, Masum is still on Netflix. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am not drinking any tea, but I actually did just finish a mug of English breakfast with milk, and it was delicious. See, Sammy, you also drink tea like me. Where are you guys making fun of me for drinking my tea with milk? I will sugar? always, with milk and sugar. Milk and or sugar. I think that's vile, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not Turkish tea, though. I wouldn't do Turkish tea with milk and sugar. No, that would I be would bizarre. do English <laughs> tea. Yeah, it's, the English do that to themselves, too, so I guess that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys well, have any tea? We do love English tea because bergamot always becomes a subject on this podcast. Repeat. Yeah, anyone anyone who listens to this podcast in a sustained way will just know what bergamot is very, very well. <laughs> Anybody who hasn't Googled imaged bergamot recently, you should. It's a wild ride. Yeah. It is a wild ride. <laughs> who knew it looked like that? <laughs> I do not have any tea, um, but I do have a packet of tea. I just don't have hot water. Because I'm confined to my bedroom. Exactly. <laughs> Just have like an emotional support tea packet yes. on your nightstand. Here it is. Oh, that's keeping you company. Wow, it looks beautiful, Sophie. <laughs> oh, chamomile. That's that's dangerous. Funny and I'm glad you're not having that dirt right now. You'd fall asleep. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize that chamomile had a totally different name in Spanish. Which I'm now realizing. I've learned so many things from tea. <laughs> I also just finished the uh, a cup of tea, but it was Turkish tea. Well, ter- brewed Turkish style, purchased in the U.S., so not really Turkish tea, but brewed in the little double, double kettle thing. <laughs> that counts. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So we all have our teas in various ways. Sophia's not ingesting hers, but it's there keeping her company. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so now I am going to take us through what happened in this episode, which was a whole lot of stuff. Feel free to interrupt if I miss something. Okay, so the first thing we see is that there's a baby crying on a bed in a hotel room. There's a big storm. Midnight hits and poof, the baby disappears. And then we get our intro credits. So I'm sure we will find out what that was about. I have my suspicions. Um, Ideal childcare scenario, really. You're like, oh, crying baby, place on bed. It goes away. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, Okay, then we meet our main character, Esra. And she is super into Agatha Christie because we see her bookshelf. She um, also owns a report on child protective services in 1995. So that makes me think that maybe she was the baby or she's investigating the baby. I don't know, whatever. 
she steals a lady's taxi and she goes to work at a super cool startup-y looking office where called, she's called stem blog, stem like, blog. <laughs> <laughs> was the eye missing though i wonder i mean I, I feel like they should have had the eye in just because like stam stumble is like like n- not the english way to say stumble <laughs> i don't know what, why it's missing the eye very confusing but it's a fake fake blog startup so who cares <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Stam blog is super catchy and just <laughs> stamp. <laughs> Maybe we should rename uh, our podcast to stamp. Stamp, stamp blog. blog. <laughs> no one will know what we're talking about. I like stamp pod better. better stamp pod. <laughs> That's probably their next venture. Probably. Um, we learned that Esra is a tryhard and her boss hates her. And she always. Oh, God. She is the most tryhard. The most tryhard. There has never but, been any other tryhard in the world. But, but big, L- but big LOL. The boss being like, just to get rid of this woman, I'm gonna make her do like a listicle that's 130 items long. <laughs> just, just imagine so she's busy. being like the editor of this magazine, and you ask this girl to come up with a listicle with five things, yeah. and she comes up with a 40 page. But thing. so, but but she actually wanted the listicle assignment to be shorter, um, because like the that editor is clearly listicle. doing it to keep her away yeah. <laughs> for as long as possible. Yeah, because <laughs> she always wants to go the extra mile. Why would she want to? She wants to. She wants to do like an investigative report on things. Versus, like, she, I don't think she would add more items to a listicle because that's super, a superficial form of article. But like, she'll do a random deep dive with like absolutely nothing. Like, she, she would do a deep dive on like the hospitality workers union or something. Versus, like, yeah. <laughs> she wants to more... be a real reporter and she's stuck yeah. at Stan Blog. <laughs> yeah, it's Stan Blog, <laughs> Pulitzer Prize winning. <laughs> I feel like um, you don't write 42 page articles for the New York Times either. No, just the New Yorker. And then people just have to slog through them sadly. Hey, look, I got a gift for my birthday. Someone got me a subscription to the New Yorker. So this is my first issue. Oh, that's nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Except that, yeah, it's, it's once a week and it's articles like Sammy described. So we'll see how that <laughs> it takes goes. A while. It takes a couple of days. You can't go yeah. all in one for sure. The only articles I can read that are like, more than two pages longer like david sedaris this one is like we totally digress please edit this out sammy but this issue has has puzzles so i'm enjoying i'm enjoying all the little puzzles that's fun um okay yes so she's assigned to write a listicle for the 130th anniversary (laughs) of the para palace hotel and she's supposed to have 130 items in this listicle which is completely ridiculous no one would read that shit ever Okay, so she goes to the hotel, says it's her first time in there, which is kind of odd, given that she's a huge Agatha Christie fan. That's that's a good point. I didn't think about that, yeah. Um, and she meets the manager, Ahmed, who looks like Hercule Poirot with his mustache. <laughs> he... Isn't Hercule, but Hercule Poirot's mustache is like curly and black. Yeah, but he's like a big mustache. It's a big mustache, Sophia. Also, Look like, at. different actors who've played him have looked, <laughs> like, different with the mustache. There have been, like, ten actors who've played him. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. He <laughs> offers to give her a tour, and he is a little suspicious. The way he talks seems like he's been there for the entire time that the hotel has been open. And they go to the various rooms that are open as like museum rooms in the hotel. So they go to the Ataturk room and he tells her the story of Peride, who is a, I guess, long lost love of Ataturk who saved him from assassination by the British, which I'm sure we will talk about at some point. Gotta explain why the British are up in this story. And then we go to room 411 which was Agatha Christie's room and she famously disappeared for 11 days in the room and all they could um find was an old key so both of these stories will become very important to the plot later on in this episode can I just interject and quickly say that Agatha Christie was not in Istanbul when that disappearance happened and that happened in 1926 
And she also <laughs> probably didn't write Murder on the Orient Express at Pera Palace Hotel. Uh, there's no direct evidence of this. So anyway. <laughs> but she definitely did stay there for a long period of time. She definitely stayed there at some point, yes. But yeah, the, the book was pu- written a good like five to ten years after she was the disappearance nonsense yeah well and i also was gonna say she was is there evidence she was staying there in 1919 when this i mean i don't know her husband wasn't her second husband max malowin was an archaeologist in what what used to be called mesopotamia um so they definitely were passing through istanbul a lot so i don't necessarily doubt that she was there at some point that year but and also they did get it correct that um her first novel was published in 1920 so they I I was like god they're messing everything up did they also mess (laughs) that up but they didn't um but yeah but like her being in this exact same ballroom at the same time as Mustafa Kemal Pasha or Atatürk in in that moment in 1919 is like uh probably not (laughs) well she, she like definitely did not look recognizable like Okay, I'm 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 jumping ahead on my what the fucks, but like, there's no way this girl would recognize her when she looks nothing like the Agatha Christie that like we have. Well, only, our but she only recognized her because someone greeted them on the like uh, the, her and her husband. By the also her husband again, Max Malone. It wouldn't be called out to as Mister and Mrs. Christie, but anyway. <laughs> Agreed. Okay. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> Sammy, you're not going to get through this recap. <laughs> <laughs> I'm forging ahead. Um, Ahmed shows her the key that was um, left behind in, during her disappearance. And then she goes to her room, she's staying the night, and she finds a key on her bedside table. And she's like, oh, that Ahmed, he's so lovely. He left me this key, which is a completely ridiculous thing. That he would give her this incredibly famous key after they'd known each other for an hour. But anyway, <laughs> she goes to Agatha Christie's room to um, fan out and has the key, holds the key. Midnight comes and she's laying on the bed. Ooh, the room is shaken and it's very stormy. And all of a sudden, the clock rewinds and uh-oh, I think she's gone back in time. So... She comes out of the room, the elevator is in use. That's our first clue because we learned that the hotel has one of the oldest or the second oldest elevator in Europe and it's not in use anymore. Then we find out from a newspaper that it's 1919. I don't remember the month. It was April. April, 1919. And she spots Agatha Christie. Um, I also didn't get the fact that they heard their names, Eski, so that was... Also, Mr. yeah, the, one of the one of the like reception or or bag porter people was were like, "Welcome back, Mr. And Mrs. Christie." And Sophia has been sending a lot of messages into the chat throughout <laughs> the session, and one of them I was the, was that uh the the man I was referring to in my earlier interjection, Max Malwin, Agatha Christie's second husband. She didn't actually marry him until later in the twenties, so it is possible that her i don't know if christie's not her maiden name then she probably was called out to correctly as mrs christie <laughs> and and <laughs> mr christie as mr christie so apologies to all these dead people <laughs> <laughs> yeah her maiden name was miller apparently okay so husband number one was mis- indeed mr christie okay yes um, archibald archie christie archibald christie <laughs> what a name um okay then we flash on to Ahmet and he knows something is wrong at the hotel because his finger is whack so he's clearly like, connected. like gangrenous that shit's about to fall off like <laughs> having Dumbledore hand yes. yes Dumbledore hand exactly <laughs> um and then our Esra is in this like ballroom slash dining room thing and holy shit uh Mustafa Kemal walks in and sits down and she's absolutely freaking out because two of her favorite people in the world are historical people <laughs> are in this room and she thinks she's like super drunk or tripping or something unclear um <laughs> then i have written down who is the guy that talks to her i know that actor question mark question mark question mark which <laughs> we talked about before the podcast started but it's um osman from love 101 and 
to be completely honest with our listeners, I got a lot of shit for not recognizing him. Yes. <laughs> um, we have a little bit of interaction between Mustafa Kemal and the British, I don't know, soldiers, generals who are in the room. Um, and then Ahmed goes back in time to try and find Esra and stop her from fucking anything up and finds a doppelganger of Esra who is dressed in the period and like talks to her and realizes that she's not Esra. So that's interesting. Then he finds the real Esra and says he didn't give her the key. That's ridiculous. He spent his whole life protecting it but somehow she has the second key and he locks her in the bathroom to try and stop her from messing anything up. And he also tries to fix an interaction between a waitress and Halit Bey. Um, she was supposed to spill on him and I guess then they were going to fall in love or something. I don't really know what happens there, but he makes it happen again, but Esra escapes of course. And, um, she, I don't know, wreaks havoc, basically. She's <laughs> lecturing the British soldiers, which is absolutely hilarious. I loved it. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, but unfortunately, it turns out one of them speaks Turkish and was super freaked out by the fact that she said that Mustafa Kemal was going to start, lead a successful rebellion. <laughs> and that causes <laughs> that guy to go and tell Halit Bey that he needs to assassinate Mustafa Kemal. So that is a problem. And it's all Ezra's fault, kind of. So <laughs> Ezra overhears this conversation between the two. And then Halit Bey is like after her to try and kill her for witnessing this. Um, they are, Ahmed and Ezra run away from him, hide in a room. And then um, they go back to the Agatha Christie room to travel back in time or travel forward in time to the modern Tae, but it doesn't work. And they discover it doesn't work because Esra's doppelganger is dead in the bathroom. And she happens to be Peride, who is the one who uh, allegedly saved Mustafa Kemal from assassination. So that's not good. And she's also Esra's doppelganger. So Esra is gonna have to take her place and try and save Mustafa Kemal instead. And that is the end of the episode. sending a lot of reaction emojis right now i think she has a lot of feelings so without further ado <laughs> sophia's been just going in the background of this we Zoom. <laughs> are going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling sophia's tea packet section uh <laughs> please take it away sophia of all yeah please sophia just just get it all out so we can <laughs> refute and disagree <laughs> oh my god i okay i just Starting with how much of a tryhard the character is, I just can't stand her. Um, and before things happened, I had a few predictions. Um, starting with Ahmed being a time traveler, and um, this girl being Petty Day, like her doppelganger. How did you so predict I wanna, that? I don't know. I just thought like sounds they like you read something. <laughs> no, no, they like just mentioned one historical woman and like it was just i don't know i just made the connection but anyway um i wouldn't jump the doppelganger that's that's sus sophia <laughs> i'm kidding i have it written sophia in my is a writer of this show apparently <laughs> yeah i'm secretly a netflix writer um posing as a podcaster that is hypercritical of everything you do <laughs> We haven't been nice to a single show. <laughs> and um, I just like secretly speak perfect Turkish. Um, oh, nice. That I can't show on the on, the, on that podcast. That's a good secret ability. Okay, so what did you guys think about that? Okay, I have a lot of thoughts, but I want to do them like in order so I don't just do a monologue. But what do you guys think about the earthquake thing when the time travels? I mean, there has I to be know. like some... <laughs> 
Yeah, like for physical, myself. physical sign that you're doing something. You can't just lie it's, on the bed and then get up and be like, oh, we traveled. Stumble is very seismically active. It's very plausible it's that time travel would also. Yeah. <laughs> but also, why does the room look like someone like ransacked it other than the earth? It was you're changing. You're going through like a wormhole. Geez, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> it's shaky, right. shaky business. <laughs> um... And what do you guys think? Like, I was just thinking in my head, like what someone would think about seeing someone dressed in like jeans and a sweater when they're like in the 1930s. <laughs> like, I 19, wonder what 1910s, like oh, 1910s. Like yeah. I, I know, I, I, I think, love that. I think women were like occasionally as a statement wearing pants in that time, but jeans are like working person, like yeah. not that social, not the right social stratum clothes. So. I am yeah, sure it would be very shocking. Well, <laughs> she I just really stood also. out. But yeah, yeah, I don't I don't know. Like we would have to consult a fashion expert. Everyone was dressed like a flapper and it yes. wasn't the right time. That's why I thought it was the 30s. Flappers were like the 20s though, going into the 20s. Also, they weren't dressed like flappers. Who was dressed like a flapper? Yeah, they, they were, were dressed like flappers. They were, they were all dressed like flappers. Yeah, they were. They were all no wearing like a skinty dress. <laughs> no, everyone was wearing like the flapper headband and like a, a head flapper dress. There were a lot of flappers as flapper dress. No one was. They were wearing like long dresses down to the floor. No one was wearing there, a flapper There were people dress. with a flapper outfits for sure. <laughs> and I don't think so. I think that would have stood out to me. Maybe the headband. I don't remember that, but a flapper dress like in the middle of the day seems like a no. <laughs> well, but no, everyone was like dressed for a night out. They weren't yeah. like casually dressed for the day. I don't know. It's also like 1919. Like that's very close to the, like, I think we can, Sophia, you've been Googling and sending messages this whole time. Can you just Google when like those clothes started to appear? <laughs> He's hating on my Googling. <laughs> it's like every time I look down, there's a new notification from Sophia's Googling. <laughs> um, well, it says that flappers were in the 1920s, 1927, 1929. I would say 1919 is pretty early, but there's apparently a picture from 1915. So maybe it wasn't. 1920s was in the US too. So maybe it was... In well, yeah, because things started in Paris even back then, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's It says that it started when the First World War ended, so. Mm -hmm. This is a year after that. Or not yeah. a year, like six months. Because, yeah, April. So, we can, we can let it fly, but it just <laughs> confounded me mentally. Um, in terms of what time period we were in. <laughs> um, but I guess you're right. We it's, it's the term not... the term flapper for like that kind of dress was in use in London as early as 1910. There you go. Yeah. There were flappers there. <laughs> Thank God we put that to bed. That was a serious crisis. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a question about like I think I've asked you this before, Izzy, but like, was spoken Turkish in like before Mustafa Kemal like similar or different than? Um, it was. I think it was. It was pretty. My understanding is it was pretty similar. Written certainly wasn't. Um, because it was still the Ottoman slash Arabic alphabet. Um, but it would be, it would be like I mean like, Pedide for for instance when she stopped and and. Uh, reprimanded by Ahmed she the way she like responds to him she uses what like today would be considered more like flor floral language mm -hmm. like bigger fancier more like Persian and Arabic origin words but it was still like completely intelligible um for for me but it like no one would really talk like that anymore so that's how they which I, I mean I don't know any kind of period drama I've seen that's how they've reflected yeah. even earlier times which is probably less accurate for even earlier than the late 1910s but and like if you like read anything in Turkish that Atatürk wrote like he used like I would say that kind of vocabulary and it's still understandable albeit a little bit fancier sounding um than how people talk today so I didn't think that was crazy I think there would have been more 
um, like, I don't know, people speaking in English to each other. Although I guess that quarter of the city was British occupied because yeah. they split they split Istanbul into four cities um, after the Ottoman Empire fell. Well, the Ottoman Empire was still there, but it was like fully, fully a puppet state at that point. Um, so I think that was the British quarter. Um, so maybe the English is realistic, but I mean, the lingua franca was truly french um still at that point so mm -hmm. and, and the newspaper that she picked up was in french so that seemed realistic yeah what what did you guys think about the key like how did the key magically appear on her bedside well okay so this is my baby theory but like the baby <laughs> plus the child protection services thing plus the key appearing i think she is her she was the baby and i think she's connected to the hotel in a Makes similar sense. way to how Ahmet is. Makes I can't, sense. I like, like, cannot say anything. I can't make <laughs> predictions. I've seen theory. this. <laughs> also, the, I do want to say yeah. that the Para Palace Hotel website claims that Agatha Christie went missing from the Para Palace Hotel. Oh my God, or that's like patent. That's, that's the like legend. Not true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> and if she got, if she truly entered a wormhole for 11 days, then she could have been anywhere, anytime, <laughs> but no, she was in, she was in England when she was like last seen in England when she disappeared. <laughs> well, and, the, and the, the website did claim that she wrote murder on the Orient Express at the hotel. It's um, not in her, her autobiography places her in somewhere in Damascus or or Beirut, one of those cities, um, for at least writing half of it. But then she doesn't mention where she wrote the rest of it, if she like finished it where she was or she went to another location. So there's no like direct evidence from her or like eyewitnesses to her like doing the writing to confirm that she was at the Parapalas. But I guess there's no one to disprove it either. So they can say that. <laughs> more fun to claim it okay Sophia I really like Estra I think she's a super <laughs> relatable main character and I feel like I would also be an overenthusiastic mess if I was transported back into that time especially because like I don't know how quickly even though like she knew it was real part of the way in but I don't know if I would accept it that quickly enough to like not freak out that I'm seeing like I mean for like for the example for Atatürk like you like she like every other Turkish person has spent her entire life seeing his image plastered everywhere and like to see him in the flesh would be just like incredibly shocking and like I would imagine it was like a simulation <laughs> and not real life <laughs> even if I was told it was real life um so I kind of get her insane behavior um and it was very and the, i agree that the dialogue with the british officers was hilarious even though it was very harmful <laughs> it was very funny <laughs> that's 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 part of the reason that i really hate her but i guess maybe i'm not giving her the benefit of the doubt that she just like traveled in time is like getting used to what's going on but like honestly like she could be like changed it could be like a butterfly effect moment where she's like doing something in the past that's oh yeah gonna ruin the future and the present and it's like so dumb like how do you not realize telling some british soldiers that like obviously it's it's not harmful to tell agatha christie that she's a really famous novelist like whatever who cares that probably like, motivated her to like become a yeah. famous novelist yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like telling the british soldiers that like oh you're gonna be overthrown and kicked out of istanbul which is like a really strategic place that you've been fighting to control for over like 400 years or well no not 400 years how long was the great game or whatever between russia and great britain i can't remember that was, that was in the that was in the 1800s and it was more like central asia than than turkey but but they they also like went i mean it was more iran and stuff but they went yeah. for iran so, afghanistan but they've always like they've always fought for controlling turkey like even the first world war and stuff they everyone wanted the straits well, yeah, it was, it was definitely coveted, but there's like always been some immovable object there um, up until maybe the end of the First World War. That was like really the only opportunity. <laughs> um, God, they fucked like, that up. <laughs> if, if like, you know that Turkey is like, I mean, they don't want to get kicked out of Turkey. Yeah. Anyhow, like, because even when they weren't, it, like, they never dominated it, but like they had, all, they always had like people 
yeah of course they they had economic influence but i'm just like there wasn't like outright war to control it after like i mean the fourth crusade was even like byzantine times so britain didn't even really exist then but anyway yeah there hasn't there wasn't like a hard power attempt to grab it in earnest until the time we're in in the show like in the past in the show well because they had never had a threat to their presence there yeah until now that Ataturk is gonna do like the I don't even know how you translate that into English but like a firm hand and being like we're asserting our central power and get out but anyway I just don't understand in what circumstance she would think it would be normal to share that type of information I mean it was hilarious and if you think about like the way history is taught especially like that kind of nation building history like it's like it's so inevitable sounding to like our ears like that of course there was a war for independence and of course Ataturk won and of course the Republic mm-hmm. of Turkey was set up um, but like at that time it was so improbable and I think the show actually does a really good job through this like ongoing uh, effort through the next seven episodes for Estra to like save Ataturk's life and like clean up her own mess like it really was truly like one person that had a vision for that and made it happen and like influenced people into getting behind the vision so like I'm sure there was I mean I'm not well versed super well versed in like espionage in that time but I have to assume there truly were multiple assassination plots uh throughout that time because like as soon as Otto took one in 1915 in the in, in Chanakkad in the Dardanelles like that put him on a lot of people's radars and probably hit lists as like oh this guy like kind of knows what he's doing um in the face of like multiple combined like western armies um so i have to imagine that there's some degree of truth to like a target being on his back that whole time so it just it is like it i think the show does a good job as long story short does a good job of showing that it really was down to to one person and like a very few number of kind of senior officers around him and if they had not succeeded then you know nothing nothing is inevitable um there's a lot of directions things can go and in the and for Estra from her perspective it's like of course it's going to play out the way I've been taught but as soon as she gets in there (laughs) she already changes it up so classic time travel tropes as well of course shenanigans Yeah. yeah Yeah, maybe I'm taking her too seriously, but I still don't like her. I think she's really, <laughs> I can't stand her. Um, I mean, tryhards are annoying, but like they mean well, you know? Like, I think she's entertaining. Oh, God, you hate no, tryhards. If she, in, <laughs> if she was in real life, I would hate her. But like as a person to watch, I've enjoyed her. Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like her. I'm not going to like her for now. I don't like <laughs> Ahmed. He's untrustworthy to me. Oh, okay. And <laughs> Khalid, like, is he a historical character? Is he like no. a young Turk or something? No, he's fictional. Okay. Because I was like trying to understand what his deal is. He seems to be like a covert British agent, operative, whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, you're not supposed to know who, like what he is at this point. Okay. You can make guesses, but it's it's not really clear where he stands for a while. <laughs> but then what was the thing when Ahmed told this woman who worked at the hotel, whose name I'm forgetting, that she needed to like throw a drink on him? What? Yeah, he told the 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 waitress. The yes, woman. that was because oh, in, in history, yeah. in that day in history, that always happens. So he was like trying to rectify it, make everything go back to how it should be. You can predict maybe like why they need to bump into each other, like thinking about time travel tropes, but um, it's I thought she had to, their importance to Ahmed <laughs> to take like a key out of his pocket or something. No, no, I think it was like they're gonna have a love connection. That was how I understood it. Hmm. And also, I guess I just completely assumed that Holly was the one that murdered Paraday, but I guess we don't know that for sure. We yet. don't know that for sure. Many twisties um, to come. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sophia, do you have any theories on like why Esra has a doppelganger in this time? 
or do you think it's just plot reasons? Yeah. Well, I think you definitely reasons. needed to, <laughs> to save, um, like there needed to be a petty day, whether it was her or this woman that died. Um, but it just, I, I thought that it was like a family member or something rather than like just no connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt it was like a protector type thing. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like maybe it's her in some sort of weird time travel thing and she was pretending not to know or who knows. Yeah. Something, we're going to learn more about that for sure. I I actually don't remember who left her the key in the room, but like my immediate thought was, I wonder if that was just like her leaving herself the key. Right. Like there's so much of that in this show of like, the same people rotating around different times. It's and like not just nineteen nineteen in the present. There's gonna be like a whole bunch of times introduced. So it's like, what's that show? Dark. It's like it's like yeah, that, but like yeah. not depressing. <laughs> but dark has like very like I think three timelines, and they're all yeah. like numerically correlated. Yeah, it's not it's not quite that organized, but it's uh yeah. There's there's other time periods that they poke their heads into with predictably great results (laughs) (laughs) okay anything else for this section yeah I I would just say like don't don't like you don't know really where anyone stands in this game of chess of so uh, keep the predictions coming and keep an open mind and like I don't know I thought there were like for me a lot of surprising revelations throughout and I think I've forgotten some of them, so I'm probably going to be surprised again. <laughs> <laughs> Good, okay. All right, so now we're going to move on into the history section. I think we're going to have a lot of really great history sections in this show. So today we're going to be talking about the Parapalace Hotel and a little bit about just the basics of this show. Great. Take it away, so, um, just to double check, Esgi, have we done Pera yet? And we did ba- we did Beolo already. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, Pera is um, well, this section of of Istanbul, it's in Beolo, um, and basically the hotel was built in 1892, as the show tells us, um, to host the passengers from the Orient Express, and um, it's located after. The, it's named after the palace where it was located. So I guess it w- used to be a palace. Um, and um, it's it's located in the like little Europe neighborhood of Pera. So it, it's a part that was filled with Europeans. Um, and it's near like all the, well, uh, several consulates um, and near Taksim and like Istiklal, if you're, if you've been to Turkey. So basically they, it, it opened like, it began working in the in 1892 and then it opened um officially in 1895 um and it was designed by a french ottoman architect that wanted to blend like european architecture with turkish architecture and i saw that he also um designed the archaeological museum which most people who oh, been to okay. would have been to also Oh yeah, it's called the Imperial. Like yeah, the, apparently it was called the Imperial Museum at that time, um, and it was the first building in the Ottoman Empire to have electricity, and it was the only place to have hot running water. And as mentioned on the show, it had the first electric elevator, and the second electric elevator in Europe. So, um, basically, I guess they did the research on the hotel at least on the show. Um, and so like the, the, the structure is neoclassical where the interiors are more oriental. Um, and there's kind of like an eclectic vision cause it's blending the styles that I mentioned previously. And it's, it's a place that's been featured on a lot of books. So it's featured on, in an Ernest Hemingway short story called the snows of Kilimanjaro. Um, it's featured on a novel called Travels with My Aunt, where they stay at the Pear Palace. Um, we know, of course, that um, 
murder on the Orient Express. Well, we we know it's been contested that it was written at the hotel. Um, but as well, I don't know if as you mentioned this while we were recording or not, but the the hotel room where she stayed is like memorialized and you can visit it. Mm-hmm. As we know, it's it's also well. It, apparently, it's also fe- featured on in another novel that I've never heard of called The Night Circus, which appears to be like a time travel novel. It seems, um, and you can actually still stay at the Para Palace Hotel, um, as of today, and you can visit, um, the Agatha Christie room, and as Gil also mentioned, you can visit the Ataturk mm-hmm. room. They also have a really nice terrace bar slash restaurant that you can go to, even if you don't want to stay there. You can mm-hmm. just go and have a drink and it's really pretty. Awesome. I will also um, add that this show is technically inspired by a book of the same name, but it's not a novel. It's like a his- it's just like a it's a nonfiction history book um, about one night I forget, in 1920. 1920- 1925 or I, f- I forget what the like specific it literally is about like several famous people who happened to be like at the hotel on one evening it's by charles king i haven't read it um but it's it's not about time travel it's not fiction whatsoever uh but i think the title and the concept of like also passing through and other you know famous figures of the day passing through was was maybe what sparked the 100 percent fictional show um but anyway, I, it's on my list. It's been on my list for a while, but I haven't read it. If any listeners have read it and have thoughts, share with us, please. Oh, and and apparently, um, the so we know that Agatha Christie's room is four eleven, and then Mustafa Kemal's room is one o one, and apparently he stayed there many times between nineteen fifteen and nineteen seventeen. And in 1981, the room became a museum where they displayed some personal objects that he liked, like ebony chairs, oriental carpets, and a black silk prayer rug. I was watching a different program, like a travel program um, mm-hmm. that airs on Turkish television where they did one episode on Perapolis, um, and the host went into the Atatürk room, and two of the rugs that are like for, like behind glass or tapestries, I should say, were sent by some like kind of minor nobleman of India, I want to say somewhere in South Asia, but it was like, you know, like obviously it was still under like British control, but it was like someone with a title essentially Mm. um, in India. I think it was India. Maybe it was like, it was like Afghanistan or something, but anyway, somewhere, somewhere East um, sent very nice tapestries that had have like really spooky premonition, premonition me imagery like they have like um the num like they have references to um the like in the embroidery like if you position a certain way it looks like 1938 like the year of Atatürk's death and like I forget what else it was but there was like weird symbology or like a bird motif that implies like untimely death and like things like that that I mean I think it's a lot of reading into it too much it's probably what's going on there but um it's it's kept yeah it's kept in the it's kept in that room one because also like I did value those gifts from whoever this foreign dignity dignitary Mm -hmm. I can't remember is um and also because like there's so many like little legends about those objects now being like potentially either psychic or cursed or something so um but anyway you can see those two in the room that's really cool and apparently there's a bunch of famous guests which i can read them you can you can edit some of these out sammy because it's weird that they i mean like in a new state oh well no in a new is like an yeah state it, was, it was like a founding father so yeah. it's not that weird but like for example, they have Tito, the dictator of Yugoslavia, stayed oh. there, and um, Jaja Gabor, um, <laughs> King Edward the Eighth, Queen Elizabeth the Second. But that doesn't. Well, I don't know. Edward, um, Edward the Oh Edward the Eighth is that's a disgraced one. 
the one that married Wallace Simpson. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then Hitchcock. And the Nazi sympathizer. We don't he was he was not a fun guy anyway. <laughs> yeah. Hitchcock stayed there, Jackie Kennedy, um Mata Mata Harry. Oh. Um Greta Garbo. Um I don't know why this name sounds so familiar, but I Googled him and I I can't remember. Pierre Lotti. Oh, Pierre Lotti. Yeah, he's he was a French. Um, I forget what his profession was. I think he was like a he had a travel diary. I think was like what he's mainly known for. But the there's a hill, um, on Hadich on the Golden Horn. Oh. The, the, you can go up there with a cable car, and there's an, a tea garden with an overlook right. with one of the nicer views of the Golden Horn, or probably the nicest view. So the hill is named after him, and that part of Istanbul. Oh, okay. I was like racking my brain as to yeah. why. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those are some well-known personalities, and apparently, like they have a Hitchcock room, and oh. they have a like other themed rooms that it appears, um, based on notable guests. I think that's fun. There's not like I'm, there's definitely like several iconic hotels around the world, but I, I there's not that many, so it's cool that you know one like this can can stay open and like preserve some of that with the themed rooms because I feel yeah. like the rest of like I mean outside of like New York there's in New York and LA and I mean Singapore has like the Raffles Hotel which is quite old but a lot of stuff gets built over or demolished so around it's nice to see it preserved hmm. yep highly recommend a visit if you are in Istanbul it's a fun place to go Okay, so now we're going to move on to our favorite and final section, which is What the Fuck, Sultan of Success, and Fatma's Hit List. So, what's the fuck? Sophia. <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> uh, okay, the, the hair color, I it's like so unnatural, and it reminds me of this woman from The Protector, the wife, whose name I'm Whose like, hair color? The, the girls? The main it's character. Us? Yeah. I like her hair color. What's know. wrong with her? What, literally, what is her hair color? Like, I don't even remember. It's, it's it looks really fake. It's like a strawberry, a fake strawberry blonde. Oh uh, well, the ba- the baby on the bed had uh, red hair. I don't know if y'all noticed that. <laughs> really, it, it did. It did because the light was hitting it. You can go back and watch that first scene. I hadn't noticed it in my first watch through, but there's your there's your other hint. <laughs> also, the the music at the start has like. Part of the melody is like the Game of Thrones. Theme, yes, so I noticed that too. The first like three notes of it were Sonic like plagiarism. exactly Game of Thrones, and then it changed. Yeah, it was, exa- it was literally that. Yeah. Um. Then this girl, um, Ezra, our main character, she's like taking pictures of the hotel, but like the way that she's holding the camera is terrible. She definitely doesn't know how to take pictures. Yeah, that was all. weird. That it's good. It's good, it's good enough for stamp blog. Oh God. No, I feel like Stan Blog's gonna have to send a photographer over to take. They the should have sent a photographer. Stan should just fire her. Like, <laughs> even um. Then I'm also confused as to why the painting in the room is crooked. Is it because of the wormhole thing that everything goes berserk? Wobble, wobble. So they... Probably. Yeah, that's yeah, probably yeah. like meant to be another okay. Easter egg. Yeah. Um. Okay. So. Wait, what's the oh okay the spoiler to me was just like such a what the fuck like why would she why would she like reveal I, I, i'm still kind of baffled by it i guess i what you're saying is he makes a lot of sense but it's still baffling for that i just part. need like, i just need I, time traveling technology to exist just to like film sophia experiencing it and see what she does <laughs> and then we can like we can be like Sophia. You're judged everyone too harshly on all these shows. I also feel like it was a safe assumption that none of them spoke Turkish because, like, I feel like oh, that's it, true. Yeah. You know, like if I was her, I would assume that none of them spoke Turkish. That they just spoke English and French, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, still a risk. Like, it's your national, <laughs> your, the existence of your nation state at stake. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, I guess you explained this, but I still have it as a what the fuck. Like, if she's such a tryhard, why is she asking the article to be 30 reasons instead of 130 reasons? Yeah, because she doesn't want to do a listicle. She wants to do, like, a hard-hitting <laughs> thing, which she's, like, been expressly forbidden from doing because she has to do the longest listicle ever, ever written. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, also that first scene with the... The the outfit that her doppelganger is wearing is also pretty weird. Mm-hmm. Like the turban with the I don't know. And this is a new what the fuck that came up as we discussed the episode, but people aren't dressed for the time of day that it is originally. Well which is people like people used to dress nicely like all the times of the day. Yeah. Didn't they? Yeah, like in Downton Abbey, they always look fancy. And that was like the same time roughly. <laughs> I guess. Fine. <laughs> um, I think the, that's the extent of my what the fucks. I still don't like Estra. Maybe I'll like her in the future, but she annoys me as a main character. I don't really see you liking her more on the basis of like why you don't like her. I feel like like shenanigans will continue. So also, <laughs> okay, I, I didn't mention this, but now I'm remembering what started my hatred of her. So she's like oh, late hatred. to work. She's like super her house is a mess. And then she's late to the work meeting where they're assigning articles and she's like, yeah. Oh, I want to do like I should do a murder because I read Agatha Christie, therefore I'm very qualified to cover a murder. It's like Nothing makes sense in your practice, <laughs> and if I worked with you, I would kill you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay, Eski, do you have any? She doesn't seem like she has any work friends, to be honest. Oh, no, God, she doesn't. No. I mean, she said even to Ahmed at the at somewhere. I don't know if they were at the bar or what when yeah, they were yeah. having their cocktail. That she doesn't like. She doesn't just like live life to live life. Like she wants to leave a mark. And I'm like, girl, you about to, you about to almost permanently alter history. (laughs) Girl probably should not have taken the job at Stam blog. No, that too. Stam blog. It feels like she should work at the New York times or somewhere. I'm so dead at Stam blog. That's my, that's my WTF. That's the name of that. Um, I don't know if I have any WTFs to add. Um, I mean, the, yeah, I think Estra's behavior is going to be wacky throughout the rest of the show as well. So, oh, one WTF I have for Netflix actually is that, so like the Dumbledore finger that yeah. um, um, it has, didn't on the protector, didn't he also like, wasn't there also like some form of yes. like gangre- gangrenous limb <laughs> due to yeah. time travel? There was another Dumbledore <laughs> hand situation. Yeah. I don't so remember they, why or who. Like but... whoever, I bet you they had a really big hire where they stole the Dumbledore hand makeup artist and they were like, now we'll <laughs> employ this in every show. Every Netflix <laughs> show must have a hand decay. <laughs> <laughs> Gonna get our money's worth. Um, no, that's all I had. Uh, my big what the fuck from the episode is stealing a taxi. That oh, is yeah. simply unacceptable behavior. I have straight up wanted to murder people for that, having lived mm-hmm. in New York almost my entire life. And while I like Esra, if that happened in real life, she would be dead to me forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, uh, speaking of like the ta- the whole taxi thing. So where she was getting into that taxi was like Karake because it was right in front of the commando steps, like yeah. the which I think we've talked about in this yeah. podcast. Um. So my initial immediate WTF in what rewatching that scene was that why is she taking a cab to the Petapolis Hotel, which is probably like a five minute walk. It's literally two blocks away from there. But she was going to her Stan blog office, who I don't I don't know if you know where Stan blog is located. Stan blog is I'm everywhere. Hashtag like Stan blog is somewhere everywhere. from the view. Yeah. But that does okay, so the cab thing like makes more sense in that case although why wouldn't you just like there's also a metro station like right anyway <laughs> she's in a big rush yeah she's a big rush i guess um uh, but also uh what was i gonna say oh why like how can she afford a, a flat in that part of really any part of istanbul but especially that part no <laughs> and it was a cute apartment too yeah yeah so anyways sam blog is paying the bills what can we say <laughs> bills 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 yes <laughs> but 
I mean, that's been a criticism forever. Like, I was just reading a headline that said that, like, keeping Emily in Paris in, yeah. lifestyle in Paris is, like, over 100 grand. Well, especially because she lost her job and she's still in the corporate apartment, but, you know. Wait, <laughs> Emily? Too many boyfriends. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't watched the. <laughs> I, I stopped Spoiler when alert! Cut... <laughs> when she cut the her friend's dad's finger off i couldn't <laughs> that was it that was it was last. too much for me i like said i can't, I can't. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> classic okay um <laughs> it's, success. it's not esra no ah, not ahmed either not halid either yeah i don't know who it is um time travel itself the hotel for getting a whole show made about it as propaganda oh that is yeah that's like so much advertising um maybe also mystery person who placed the key on Estra's nightstand if that's what they wanted if they wanted to throw like the future of turkey to jeopardy they certainly <laughs> got to check that right off the list they picked the yeah. right person <laughs> to yeah. do that then it was definitely halit yeah, I mean, or or sniveling, sniveling British man, or <laughs> or or Esra, you know, doppelganger Esra slash. There's only one Esra, maybe. Um, thinking that her that version of her would behave more responsibly than she did, that would make her not a sultan of success. Yeah, <laughs> in that case, because she yeah. know herself. <laughs> Fatma's hit list. British like, guy for sure. We like Holly's know. He's I bad think, news. But I'm not 100% sure, but I think Khalid's. Um, yeah, all the British. Um, I mean, Esra and Ameth both effed up big in this episode, but I don't think they deserve. No, help. they need to fix things before they we could decide to execute them. So yeah. they got to stay. <laughs> yeah. They definitely annoyed me, for sure. <laughs> Um, Esra's outfit. Oh, yeah. That's like an unfortunate choice in any era. <laughs> True. Well, and then her, like, I feel like she, she, I mean, she's probably really pretty. She looked just like whatevs. It was not very flattering. She was, notes she was very for, like, for the wardrobe department. You look like whatevs. <laughs> you could have been, been pretty. <laughs> um, And Ahmed, like, I'm still not convinced that his outfit is timeless enough to fit in in 1919 and 20. I mean, I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah, it's not definitely not fancy enough for 1919. Yeah, yeah. He probably looks like a pleb in 1919 with his Mm -hmm. tweedy suit. Yeah. Yeah. But for blending in, maybe instead of like hanging out and like. Like, on the street, I mean, if he has to, like, go out and about. Also, just to rewind of the recap, when he mentioned that he was going to be out for three weeks on, like, PTO or yes. whatever. Like, what, I wonder, I don't remember if that gets explained later, but, like, what uh-huh. what was he planning to do for three weeks? That anyway, was, was he also going to do shenanigans? Maybe yeah. he was just time traveling for three weeks. He might, yeah, that's my thought. Maybe he's seeing, seeing whatever, like, maybe without disturbing the timeline, observing people from his life or something weird like that (laughs) yeah he didn't seem to be looking forward to it so i don't know or yeah maybe he messed something else up in one of his trips and he had to fix it but it does provide good like a good pretense for him to for like the rest of the show to essentially be mia constantly because he's all over the place like at least like his job won't be wondering where he is right 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 (laughs) And Esra's boss will be incredibly relieved that she has dropped off. Yeah, day. she'll be like, this is as planned. A listicle <laughs> that will take her away from me for a month. <laughs> Please never come back ever again. <laughs> did, did we know that Sophia is actually playing her boss? And actually is her boss. And <laughs> <laughs> really, really hates her. <laughs> oh my god. If, imagine though, like being the editor or whatever of this magazine you ask like please write out three nice cafes where you can have coffee and moda whatever and she's like moda is a place for exploitation and <laughs> rampant in the coffee shops that only pay the workers like minimum wage <laughs> <laughs> 
I would be so yeah. like this is not that type of medium okay yeah, like you it's literally called for... stamp blog <laughs> I want stamp blog merchandise I think we would have <laughs> how much money have we made from advertising let's get stamp let's make stamp blog merchandise I mean <laughs> listen guys listeners if you want some stamp blog merch <laughs> Is. that might be our next venture <laughs> everyone's gonna know what it is and they're gonna want some yeah <laughs> um, sure all right well thank you all so much for listening congratulations to our sultans of success parapolis hotel plus potentially the key lever um we also want to say watch out to pretty much everyone who's not our main characters but uh, definitely to the British soldiers. Fatima will be coming after you. Thank you all so much for listening. And we will talk to you next time about episode two.